0: Live. Live from This is the Just End the Suffering Podcast. Wait for the win. Got it! Oh! He broke his ankle. on me. Follow me for freedom. Here's your host, Mike Phillips. Mike Phillips. What's so up everybody? Welcome to this episode of the Just on the Suffering Podcast which is New York Sports Talk and Long Suffering fam. Your host, Mike Phillips. I got a good show for you this week. We're going to take a detour from the NBA a bit. We're going to be do a big NBA show next week. But first, we're going to go ahead and welcome back the PGA tour a little bit. We're going to talk about full swing the docu that came out on Netflix following the PGA tour. I'm going to be joined by Dan D Marty, who works for the tour. we We're going to talk about the backstory of this show. A little bit of like how it was made, some of the behind-the-scenes storyline. I think that you could be interested in. We'll talk about that show in just a bit. Make sure you lock into show next two minutes. We'll talk about why I think Derek Carr is a good fit for the New York Jets at quarterback, and he was here over the weekend for a visit. I think it makes a lot of sense. Let's talk about why at the end of the show. You here on the Just and the Suffering podcast. Feel free to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, all the usual suspects. Simply search for Just and the Suffering your favorite podcast. Black follow follow episodes there. Feel for your feedback and starting as well. we'll the podcast even better going forward. Check out the YouTube page, Mike Phillips on YouTube. Video version of the conversation with Dan is up on YouTube. Again, Mike Phillips on YouTube. Without any further ado, let's get to our opening tip. We're going to take a look at how the NBA locals are doing as we are in the middle of the All-Star break as we do this episode here. We're coming up with that right after this.
1: Three,
0: two, one. Y'all ready for
1: this? The opening tip. And
0: here we go. All right, opening tip time, talking NBA here. We are recording the episode here in the middle of the All-Star break, and I think, you know what, it's been very interesting here for the locals because I think it's worth checking out how they're doing here. The Knicks this season has been extremely successful very exciting. Knicks finished the half, 33-27, good for six plays in the Eastern Conference. If the season were ended, they would not be in the play in turn, which is a very positive outcome. They missed the playoffs entirely a year ago. Very positive as a whole, more offensive offensively, thanks to the addition of Jalen Brunson at the point. Many question the offseason whether Brunson was worth the money they gave him, and whether, you know, there was tampering involved, and they could lose some second-round picks on playing on this, but Brunson has been worth every penny so far that contract. The offense flow is much better with Jalen Brunson. He's a real point guard. He's taking away that playing responsibility from guys like Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett. Now he's, you know, making things happen. He uses floater game to great effect. There's a lot going on with him. I really like how he's played. So you get Julius Randle. He's made the all-star team again, second time in three years. He looks much more effective with better support around him. Randle's made a good adjustment to his game this season. Remember back a couple of years when he was the comeback player of the year, the most improved player, I believe, what is the award. is called in the NBA. That he was the, the king of the long two, the king of the deep jumper. Had a lot of them fall in. Things did not go that way last season. This year, he's just a shot profile. He's getting away from those long twos. They're the most effective shot in the league. the a reason why nobody wants to take it anymore. His profile has a lot of threes, a lot of attacking the rims, much more effective shot profile, and a much more complete player a result. Tom Thibodeau also did a good job with his rotation. He found the right mix here. They're good to guys that defend, tactical ass. they attack the glass. He got you a good starting group here with... Uh, Jalen Brunson, Randall, R.J. Barrett, when he's ra- healthy, Mitchell Robinson, Quentin Grimes is a defensive mastermind. Good bench unit as well. Emmanuel Quickly, Obi Toppin, Isaiah Hartenstein, and newly acquired Josh Hark. T- t- takes the Mets to present McBride, adds even more rebound dimension, and plays hard de- defensively. Great job as a team. We all know this is not a tight-weight team. They're not the level with the Bucks or the Celtics, or some of the West contenders here. But this is a group, however, that's more capable of avoiding the play. If, if they get the right matchup, maybe they even win a round. That's important here, because the Knicks can show confidence over the next couple of years here. They have these assets necessary to swing a deal for the next disgruntled start on side of their team. They have a bunch of draft picks they can move. They have all their own picks. They have a bunch of extra first-round picks. They have a bunch of young players. They have assets that they want to go get a guy that can do it. The other side of town, things change quite drastically. Because the Nets end up blowing up their super team prior to the deadline. They dealt both Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. looks like things were going to go south early in the season because of the Kyrie Irving anti-Semitic controversy but to his credit, we're integrating himself into that team. They ripped off a 12 game winning streak. You're saying, boy, maybe this is the year it comes together. Unfortunately for them, something goes wrong like it always does. KD hurts his knee. Team starts to spiral, leads to the trades because Kyrie does not want to sign a contract extension. It basically says, trade me or I'm leaving. And when that happens, KD says, you know, I want out of here. I want to stay without Kyrie. The era itself, spectacular failure. Sean Marks deserves some credit, though. He got a lot of assets for the guys he traded. The Nets, remember, when they first tried this super team thing a decade earlier with the Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce trade, that flopped entirely. It had nothing and let the Celtics to getting Jason Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown with their picks. They rotation full dynamic young wing players, and they wore chest full of picks now they can deal from. I mean, the deal for them is they didn't have Ben Simmons' contract here, but, you know, this group with Spencer Dinwiddie back, Macal, Bridges, Cam Thomas, Nick Claxton, Dorian finney Smith, Cameron Johnson, they're intriguing on a nightly basis. They're a fun team. They're also right now thirty three and twenty seven, so they should at least make the play-in tournament, which is a win-win since they have no sense at a tank right now because the Rock can still control their draft feature for a few years thanks to Luka James Harden trade. We should still have playoff basketball in both buildings, in both boroughs, which is a lot of fun. The tile winning upside right now is gone, however, because the Stars left the building. Who will get the next star? We will see. We'll talk more about these teams next week as we get dive in more into the second half of the season. But we'll be right back with. Our chat with Dan talking full swing right to hear the trailer from the show, courtesy of Netflix.
1: Every year, all these guys fight for their career. If you're going to be a professional golfer, you have to accept the fact that it's just going to be a wild ride. You don't know what's going to happen.
0: I might win 50 more times in my career. I might win zero. Like, that's just the reality. The PGA Tour consists of almost 50 tournaments a year. You win tournaments... You can make millions. You lose, you walk away with nothing. I'm gonna punch you in your ribs. You told me on Tuesday you're gonna make a million dollars. You picked a hell of a year to start following the PGA Tour.
1: The highs are really high and the lows are really low and live somewhere towards that top. You have a pretty phenomenal career. Our first couple years together, he was winning left and right, but I do worry about the future.
0: You win two majors of your first eight tries. I want them all. You want to win a
1: major, you got to have faith and trust in all parts of your game.
0: I would tell anyone that would listen that I was going to be the best golfer in the world.
1: That's all I want, just win. It's
0: win or go home. There is a power struggle going on in golf.
1: You've got this existential threat to the game of golf in the Saudi-backed league called Live Golf. They're throwing astronomical money at people, and everything's got a price, I guess. I understand I'm gonna get shit for it and I'm totally cool with that.
0: Straight up, are you going to live?
1: The PJ Tour is the best place to play golf,
0: but the game needs to be pushed forward. It's competition at the end of the day. They wanna
1: step on my throw, I wanna step on theirs.
0: Don't worry about me, you just play your game, man.
1: Shit's about to get fun.
0: Tell Joey to move his fucking cart. I'm trying to get my big break, player. You need to go to the putting green. All right, we are back here on the podcast. You guys heard the trailer for the new Netflix series, Full Swing, made by the, the producers who created Drive, Survive, and Breakpoint, the tennis show. So we're behind the scenes on the PGA Tour. Joining us today to help break it down a little bit, somebody of you helped the, P- the
1: producers film this show and get some stuff set up for it. Dan D'Arte of the PGA Tour, is back. Dan, how are you? I'm doing well, Mike. Uh, it's been pretty cool to see this all come together. It's it's it, as I was telling you offline, it, it's strange to see so much of what your life was like the past year now being played out on Netflix in a documentary. But um, I've enjoyed it so far and, and I look forward to talking to you and everybody else about it.
0: Yeah, I've watched one, I was, one episode. Obviously, Dan was involved in like helping them shoot this stuff, and now he's seen, I think, over half the show. So, like, we'll give you the full fledged endorsement to go check the full thing out here. But, like, I want to give you a little behind the scenes stuff, not just at least recap what you can watch on Netflix.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's definitely, um, I, you know, Netflix and Vox Media Studios had come to the PGA Tour, and uh, you know, various entities around the golfing world, and with this idea to do very similar to that the F one, the Formula One series that uh, drive to what does it drive to survive? Yeah, drive survive. Um, yeah, it's and which was a fascinating look for for people that aren't really interested in that sport it still was amazing television and i think they've done the same thing and they've struck gold with this one as well um you know obviously as you see when you watch the show professional golfers are independent contractors um the tour gave uh the netflix crew uh permission to come out to certain events and to mic up certain players but the players themselves and the agents and managers uh representing those players had to agree to those terms and once again, it's, it's, everybody is, um, coming to the table with their own perspectives. And, uh, I think that so far I'm only through four episodes, but, uh, they released all eight at once, which was, um, pretty, uh, great that you get a full season right off the bat. This isn't like a stranger Things scenario where you got to wait, um, for like a second half of the season or anything like that. But uh, this is, it's, it's great TV. Um, whether you, and you and I were also just talking about this, whether you know a lot about golf and the PGA tour and the other tours around the world um, or not, they do a nice job of introducing the scenarios and they follow incredible story ni- storylines from the past year as well, which everything in the golf world really, you know, kind of, came to the table and, and really changed quite a bit this last year. So it's a great, they, they picked a really good year. Um, uh, and it's a, um, it's, it's fascinating. If you want to know everything that happened in professional golf and all the headlines that have been made over the past two years now, all you got to do is really catch up on this series.
0: Yeah, for sure here. And obviously like this is something new that like, obviously the, these, these guys at Foxie were very successful with drive to survive and made, from one very popular here. They started spreading out their sports. I know they released one for tennis called Breakpoint. They followed the tours last year. They did a split basket. They dropped five episodes for the Australia. They're going to drop another five in June here. When did they come to the PGA? Like, how did they come to you guys and say, hey, like, where is it in doing this? What do you think?
1: Yeah, you know, I I think that there was a, a conversation. We, we have a media development, business development group. Um, there's a gentleman that kind of heads up that connection to their team. You know, once again, as much as this is a documentary about what's going on on the PGA Tour, it's really covering a, a, all different sides of the golfing world. They've got caddies, they've got tournaments that they're showing from a variety of other tours, they've got family, spouses, significant others. So, I think this idea was pitched, I'm I'm assuming sometime between 2021 and 2022 early. Um, you know, it could have been as early as 2020 that the idea to do this documentary, I think that the storylines that maybe at the time that they were gonna be covering, you know, maybe something around Tiger and maybe focus more on that really changed in 2022. What I can tell you um, is that they filmed a lot. They filmed everything. I was actually kind of surprised four episodes in, how much probably was left on the cutting room floor um, because there were cameras everywhere. They 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 really did, um, you know, we, we alerted, um, you know, I work in player communications. We alerted our players that, you know, they were gonna be filming in certain areas at certain tournaments. We made that very clear and that was in our weekly communications to them. And it was up to them to decide whether they were gonna be, you know, a featured participant, like you'll see in episode four. Um, or or not. And, um, you know, a lot of the times they just took sound bites from guys who are willing to do it. Uh, I'm still excited to see the the sit down that they get with Rory. I'm assuming that's in like episode six or seven. But, you know, at the end of the day, they they were you know, I helped them a little bit on the media release front. Um, there were some shots of people that they were going to try to use, and you know, ev- anybody that was caught in the background or gave a sound bite or they showed their face, they had to get a media release form. So, um, you know, there was uh, some communication on that front, and you know, from a production standpoint, they were they were great. They hustled. They were all over the place. Um, and, and once again, they they followed arguably the most uh, you know. Social media historic year uh, in all of professional golf.
0: Yeah, for sure. Here, I mean, obviously, you mentioned before they felt like they filmed some events, not all events, because obviously, if they, if they have too much going on to commit to every tour. Man, Like, did they give you guys a list? Like, oh, we want to be here, here, and here. Like, would you guys sign off on that?
1: I think so. I think that they're, I think that they probably, once again, this was. This is more so on the production side of things and not so much on the player front. But, um, you know, I'm pretty sure that they had a, a, a targeted list of tournaments and you see them in, in the show. This is nothing. You know, once you get four episodes in, you'll get it like they're they're really at, they're following marquee players. And those marquee players are playing at certain events throughout the you know early part of the season. Um, right now, the 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 series about four or five episodes in, we're kind of at the midpoint of the summer. And um, and you'll see there's going to be more to come and, and more storylines. It's not so much about the tournaments anymore. I think what you're really seeing four episodes in is they're following specific players. They, they, they want to tell certain storylines. They're creating um, personalities around players that in episode one, you think the whole thing's going to be, oh, it's, you've got these big names, Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth. And. all all these marquee names that even the casual golf fan knows about well it's actually not the case it's so far you're getting a lot of other names that are put out there um especially with joel damon and uh, matt fitzpatrick who are wonderful people with great stories but the casual golf fan probably has no idea and i hope that the success of this show goes uh towards building their fan bases
0: yeah for sure and obviously you deal with the players more often than not here like when when you when you guys went to the players and hey like Netflix is producing this docu series. Like we agreed to be on board. Like we a lot of people, guys, interested in this. Or some saying you know, like thanks and no thanks. Like how was the general vibe with the players? And they were told about this.
1: Uh, as as you would assume, there were some players who were happy to do it, happy to tell their story, very, you know, able to do it, to fit in with, with everything they have going on off the course. There was a lot of players who provided sound bites but didn't necessarily want to be mic'd up all the time. And then there were some players who had no interest in being involved. And and you would assume that if you were following any major sports organization, like the NFL, NBA, there were going to be some mega stars who are not comfortable, you know, having a camera follow them. And, I will say though, that I think the participation is pretty good and you're going to see, it's not like you're not getting shots of tiger in there. So you're not getting, you're getting sound bites from Ricky Fowler, Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler. They follow him and Meredith in episode two, uh, his, his spouse. And they go to his hometown and talk about his historic year last year. So, it's not like if you're going to tune in and you're not getting the best of the best. So, um, I'm, I'm actually, I think every golf, every diehard golf fan who knows a lot of the big names, like you're going to be pretty pleased at what you get to see. And and a lot of the behind the scenes, I'm, I'm actually watching it and being like, Oh wow. They, they got some really cool shots, especially during some of the majors.
0: Yeah. I mean, we'll get to that. Just amazing. For me, it does cover one of the majors. I think it was a good choice here. And, the tour, although like it's your department, is more like other side, like the tour get like input, like with the uh, Netflix guys that, uh, Hey, like suggesting, like, let's go ahead. And like, you know, like we think you should look at this maybe as an angle you guys could speak find interesting for your show.
1: You guys, do they have like any creative input to you though? I, I, I honestly don't think they needed it yeah. to, to be perfectly honest. I think that they have really, really smart people behind the production of the docuseries. I think they understood where the storylines were. Golfers um, spend a lot of time, probably even, I I don't know, comparatively, but I feel like every single tournament that a player plays in there's requests for media and interviews and Q and a sessions. And, you know, we have a wonderful media team at the tour. So it's very much, um, every question that has come up for the past year has kind of made it very easy to follow. Um, And as I mentioned earlier, they had cameras everywhere. So, they were at every interview, they were at every soundbite, they were following certain players who agreed to do um, the mic'd up scenarios. And so I think the storylines kind of followed themselves. I, me personally, I've been curious to see what storylines are finding. While the show so far, halfway in for me, and I'm sure we'll talk once, you know, a few weeks from now, once we get into kind of the, through the players championship and the rest of the, the majors, um, you know, I feel like looking back on it, they are telling a story, obviously, with competitive threats in the game of golf and various tours to the PJ Tour, like other things. They're telling kind of that underlying story, but at the same time, they're following these players and they're really trying to showcase who these players are. I think the the big noise of the past year of, in professional golf being divided and this and that, that story is kind of like a little bit on the, on the low down right now. And it's more so about like, who are these players? What are their, what are their motivations? What are they, how competitive are they? What are they, um, what are they doing to prepare to be the best? And I think that that's what you're, you're seeing a little bit more of. And I think that any good producer and docu-series is going to try to look at the scenario and say, okay, we're following the best golfers in the world. Let's get to know these players and let the storylines kind of tell themselves.
0: Yeah, for sure here. And I did think they, this, the Netflix had a genius move here to have the Super Bowl commercial where they gave you the QR code. Where you can actually go on and see the first episode a couple of days for the series drop, which I took advantage of here. And one thing I noticed the here, I thought was a lot of fun was obviously like I watched the tennis show first. And like what they did was sort of, they really went by the calendar where they started in Australia. And then they've worked their way to the French before they hit the uh, break here. It's like, This is more player-specific, as I mentioned earlier. Like the first episode is on, it was primarily on Justin Thomas and George. He comes over a couple different terms. So it's not like strictly by the calendar.
1: Yeah, no, it's, and it's, and it's strange too, because when they, when you get to um, episode two and you kind of work your way through and you get to learn everybody that follows, you know, the PGA tour kind of knows how amazing a year Scotty Scheffler had. Um, They follow Scotty's success all the way through, but then they also tell Scotty's storyline through the perspective of other players. And they, 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 they kind of ebb and flow back and forth. So you're like following a storyline all the way till its end, and then you back up a little bit and start with another player and get to see what's going on on their side of things. So I, 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 I think it's, it's genius. Um, and once again, if you're coming in as just a, a casual golfer, maybe you like to go play, but you don't really watch, um, this is definitely a, a series for you to kind of get to know who some of these other players and names are and kind of get a vibe for what their lives are like and what kind of people they are. Yeah, that's for sure. Here, yeah. I did think the choice centered on the uh, Frenemies uh,
0: storyline with Justin Thomas, Jordan Speaks was great, especially like when we get to the PGA where they set this up for the audience. Like, oh, like Jordan Spieth needs this uh, slant, needs this win here to complete the career grand slam. And
1: then we end up seeing Justin Thomas coming out of nowhere and win the thing and the big comeback outside. That was a lot of fun. That's really cool. And these are the kinds of things that if you know, it's hard. I get that it's hard to watch Thursday all the way through Sunday. That's a it's it's a lot of hours to commit to it. And there are people out there that are diehards that love watching it. But when you do truly understand and you get to see the kind of these snippets that that the show showed of just like Justin Thomas feeling basically completely out of it and then coming roaring all the way back, like that is such a great opening episode. And it gets you kind of like Oh my God. Like this is all it could take is one good round. And they do it again in episode four with Joel at the U S open as well. And um, when he's trying to qualify and what it takes to qualify for the U S open, he comes out and he has a kind of bad first 18 holes and he needs to shoot five under to qualify. Cause he's not in the top 60 players. So he comes back out in the afternoon and shoots five under and just goes crazy and, and gets in and then almost wins the tournament He finishes T10. So it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful storylines. And, and this is what, this is why golf is such a great sport. And it's, I know it's hard for a lot of people who didn't grow up getting to play it or around it once again, but we're in kind of a whole new era. And the guys that are playing on the PGA tour right now are, very much aware of how golf is perceived in the greater sports landscape. And like, that's why you're getting so much out of this docu-series because these guys are relevant in the whole sporting world. You just got to give them the, the chance to get to know them. They, they might not be headline news on sports center or whatever it is, but man, if you dive in a little bit and you're looking for some drama and and excitement and passion and, incredible athleticism and you you'll see it the training that goes behind it and the analytics and all that stuff like you can really geek out um within what's going on on the pga tour right now
0: yeah i did also love all the behind the scenes for you guys especially like the i mean we see justin thomas like his workout routine between rounds we see him talking to his dad about some of his like strategy for the tour we see jordan's remember going to cvs and like trying to get his allergy meds and getting stuck on the self-checkout for like 10 minutes like stuff like that's fun
1: it is and these and it goes to show you that you know this is um you know we we always come back you know golfers are, are independent contractors and you know they choose to play and accept pga tour membership and all that and that jazz but they are they're they're just they're just normal people too because remember there's think about it how many people out there would you say that you know personally mike would i would would know who jordan Spieth is just by walking by him in the grocery store You know, there's unless, uh, yeah, not that many. Right. And yet he is a major champion and a top tier PJ tour earner. And, you know, one of the best golfers arguably to ever play. And, and yet, you know, they're at the end of the day, that's what's so strange. Like when you walk by an NFL player at the grocery store, you can buy Oh man, this this guy's huge. He's probably a professional football player or a professional athlete. You walk by a a professional golfer and, you know, I, I'm, I'm. I think I'm like two inches taller and probably 40 pounds heavier than Justin Thomas. Yet he hits the ball 40 yards past mine. So um, it just goes to show you that um, talent comes in all shapes and sizes. And um, this show is going to continue to grow the personalities of these players, and you're gonna, you're gonna recognize them even more, um, even if you're just a casual sports fan.
0: Absolutely, here. And obviously, they dropped all eight episodes of the series on the on February 15th. I'm gonna finish watching it out here. I'm excited to see like. It's these player-centric episodes you mentioned here, that's going to be fun to see. Like, I think that's the correct way to do it. I think the way the golf season flow is kind of hard to go out the calendar because guys might just weave in and out. It's sort of like, if you have to worry about these personalities, you know, like, show their storyline, then they can still pop up in other episodes. But if you want to have, like, the Scottie Scheffler dedicated episode, you can do it.
1: Sure, and that's, it's, it kind of, it's funny. I, I think I have dove in a bit more on story telling within TV shows and whatnot just because of what they're doing with, Um, you know, various other shows out there, especially on HBO and, you know, how do you like with Last of Us, right? So there's the episodes that keep the main storyline going and then there's like the subplots. And I think the docu-series is doing a good job of the same thing. There's that main storyline and then there's these little diverted episodes. So... It all comes back. I feel like they do a nice job of it feels like each episode could have been a little bit longer. I feel like as soon as I'm like really bought in, it's like, oh, man, there's 42 minutes. It's gone um, or whatever it is, 44 minutes. And it's like you kind of want you kind of want more. So I'm already sitting here like, oh, my God, I I've absorbed all this stuff. It's been almost you know, it's been four episodes already. and Now it's like I got to slow down because I don't want the eight episodes to be over that fast
0: yeah that's for sure here and off the top of your head do you know if they are working on us on the second on a second season right now like are they, they- you know that's
1: that's that's the assumption um that there's a lot more storylines to tell there's a lot more changes that they want to be able to cover i don't know where season one ends um obviously when we get to episode eight the next time i come back on and we check in you know we can kind of recap where what we thought of the whole series but um I would have to assume that the overwhelming success, the promotion of it, uh, PJ Tour sponsors, um, obviously getting behind everything, even with the Super Bowl ads, um, that this if this continues to be the success that it is, that you're going to get multiple seasons of this. Yes, I would assume
0: like you you know pretty quickly it's going to be successful, and like I mean this, the golf season barely started, so like they have not missed must. They haven't started filming yet.
1: No, and and once again, I would assume. That the promotion of this series is going to coincide with people really starting to kick it up. Obviously, we had WM Phoenix open last week, which, you know, always kind of feels for the non golf diehards as like the first official real event. Of the golf season, um, you know, obviously we've been playing all the way through last fall and we, we were out in Hawaii and century and the pebble beach and all that stuff that happens in January. There's the whole west coast swing because the weather is so much better. Although it sounds like in the northeast, it, it might be pretty similar. Yeah, um,
0: 62 today on day of recording.
1: Yeah, pretty wild. It was colder. You saw, I don't know yeah. if anybody saw the headlines of uh tiger teeing off yesterday morning before his uh, pro-am and it was like 42 degrees on the yeah. range yeah. at Riviera. So um, it seems like it might've been better to be playing in the Northeast right now, but, um, it definitely feels like, um, we are ramping up and this show will, will really coincide nicely with, with what's really going on because things have from a headline standpoint have cooled off over the past few months. Um, but obviously it's going to really ramp up again as, as we continue to get into the players championship next month, actually just in a couple of weeks and, uh, and then moving into, um, you know, kind of the, the major season leading right through the FedEx cup playoffs.
0: Absolutely. Dan, thanks for all the time. really appreciate it. If you want to follow you on social media, how can I do that?
1: Sure. dmart 207 on Twitter. And, um, you know, happy to come back on and talk uh, more about this and and more about, uh, we'll do our, our normal um, uh, who's hot, who's not leading into um, the major championships. Sounds, talk to you soon.
0: Sounds good. Thanks for all the time. Really appreciate it. Thanks. The 2-Minute Drill. Alright, 2-Minute Drill time. talk about the Derek Carr, the Jet connection here. The Jets, as you know, are looking high and low for the next quarterback. The play rumors are linking him to Aaron Rodgers right now, especially since they hired Nathaniel Hackett as their offensive coordinator. Remember, a couple of years ago, Aaron Rodgers was singing the praise of Nathaniel Hackett. There was rumors that the Denver Broncos hired Hackett. They thought that they would get Rodgers, too. That did not happen here. Rodgers had elevate the Jets Super bowl contender status immediately. But there is risk involved here that I think a lot of fans do not want to see right now. Rodgers is approaching four years old. He could play throughout like just one more year. Because we all sort of realize for ourselves, you know, he's not wanting to share a whole thing because it's Tom Brady. He's definitely gonna play next year. But what has he's won and done? There's gonna be a bidding war for Aaron Rodgers because teams want to win. He gives them a great chance to. Jessica win that bidding war at the fork over multiple first round picks to win that bidding war. Give him a lot of money and then see what he does for a year. There have been questions also about his commitment to winning since the Packers have been disappointed with him recently. He's been blowing off all-season workouts. He's shown up to camp in not ideal shape. He's, you know, hemming in a Do I want to play? Do I want to play? It sounds like Green Bay is over it. And that's a risk you are taking here if you were a team of the Jets. That's why I think the Jets are very intrigued with Derek Carr. Who the Raiders cut last week were a boy paying a $40 million roster bonus. Carr does his question as well because if he didn't, he would be still in the Raiders. You wonder how going to perform in the New York market? I was doing Colt? Whether this guy's played in California in a dome his entire career. This is a guy who nearly won an MVP in 2016, though. He led a dysfunctional Raiders team in the playoffs in 2021. You also have to factor in here, Derek Carr. He has never had much off in the Raiders, who consists of a bottom tier defense his tenure. I believe over the course of his career, they Raiders has been the worst defensive team in the league. Put Derek Carr on the Jets with an elite defense here. I think it's be a able of the team. Remember, if Derek Carr is throwing for about 4,000 yards he does every year when he's given the chance to finish the season, that's like a top-tier quarterback in Jets history. You can do that without even take the risk necessary to win the shootouts. You know, he making a smarter decision knowing, like, I have a good defense that can, you know, not force you to win every game 31-27. He'll cut down on the turnovers and be a more efficient quarterback. The other thing I think is intriguing the Jets about Derek Carr is he's available right now. You don't have to wait for Rodgers to go through the dark to treat and spend a few weeks debating on himself, am I going to play? Where am I going to play? Am I going to stay in Green Bay? Do I go to the Raiders? Do I go to New York? You don't have to wait for the star of free agency to pursue a Jimmy Garoppolo, who's going to also have his, his uh, bidders in free agency. You don't have to wait and see if the Ravens are going to move on from Lamar Jackson, or if Tennessee's going to dump Ryan Tannehill. You could sign Derek Carr tomorrow if he's willing to. All it costs to acquire Derek Carr is money, not draft picks. And you lock your quarterback early, that gives Joe Douglas time to build the offseason strategy around Derek Carr, and then Derek Carr can you know make his calls and try and recruit people to come help out. You can decide with him what kind of line you need to build around him, how to use your draft picks, how to spend those cap dollars, without having to you know hold half money reserve for your quarterback here. Another point: Remember, Derek Carr is just thirty-two years old. He could be your quarterback for the next five years in theory, which gives the Jets some time to you know draft and develop a guy in the middle of rounds, which is not something you usually do. you usually try and take the pick in the first round, and then the guy spectacularly fails. Your ceiling may not be as high as Aaron Rodgers. Because don't get me real. If Aaron Rodgers here, they're a Super Bowl contender immediately. But the acquisition cost, I think, makes it worth considering Derek Carr. Because he doesn't have a longer window here, you here. Which is worth a lot of thought if you're the Jets. You have a lot of options to consider. And they got time to figure it out. With that, I want to end the show for the week. I want to thank, I guess, Dandy Martin for coming on to discuss Full Swing. Definitely a fun conversation. I recommend watching the show as a whole on Netflix if you like that as well. If we're going to this podcast. We're going to look at how the Rangers are becoming a truly scary team in the NHL. Check out the blog over at justandthesuffering.wordpress.com. Check out the Sky Guys podcast. Armando Season 3 preview is already out on the Sky Guys feed. That's going to be coming out here later in the week. But if you want it now, subscribe to the Sky Guys feed on all the podcast platforms at top of the show. We're also covering Bad Batch on that feed. So, the latest Bad Batch recap podcast is up on that feed as well. Again, Sky Guys podcast, all your favorite podcast platforms. Just follow me on Twitter, MPhillips331. That's MPHI. L I P S three three one, and that's gonna do it for us. Next week we're gonna we got the Mando C three P U coming later this week, but coming up next week we also have some more fun stuff going on. We're going to have an NBA conversation, dive deep in the league here, to write the Rocky movies. Great 3s coming out and more. So you got a better week than Nets fans.